Welcome to the Block Exploring Podcast, your first step into the world of crypto and blockchain. The Block Exploring Podcast is your one-stop place to find quick, clear, and unbiased information on everything in the crypto space. Our goal is to help you grow familiar with the crypto space by growing along with us as we go on our crypto journeys. Follow at Block Exploring on Twitter for our newest uploads and our publishing schedule. We, here at Block Exploring, are crypto enthusiasts working hard towards becoming experts. Today's podcast is presented by co-hosts Tommy and Elias. Find us on Twitter under at SabaiSquared and at Otoko Crypto. Right now you can find us on Spotify and YouTube. Before we start the episode, we would like to inform you that we are not financial advisors. Therefore, nothing said in this podcast should be considered financial advice. Always contact your financial advisor before making any investment. With that said, sit back and enjoy today's podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 25 of the Block Exploring Podcast News Bites. 25, that's a milestone, Tommy. Yep. That's a, we're a quarter of the way to 100, <laughs> and uh, we're very thankful for everyone who has tuned in so far. So let's get right into it. This week, we're going to be talking to you about every single thing that happened in the crypto space and more, of course, starting with uh, the Umbrella Network. So as you guys know, uh, this past week has been extremely bullish, especially once it turned to October. It's been extremely bullish for almost every single crypto in the crypto space. The market has been booming. Bitcoin has been flying up. And uh, I think one of the major news uh, clips, news clippings that you can find this past week is the Umbrella Network, which basically constitutes a bridge between Ethereum and the Binance Smart Chain, which allows for uh, transactions to happen cross-chain. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tommy and I have been talking about cross-chain and its importance for, for a while now also on the podcast. And it's just really... A positive development, I think, to see that uh, something as dominantly used as the Binance Smart Chain, even though it has its decentralization or its centralized nature and all the issues that come with that, is very positive to let to allow this uh, chain interaction with Ethereum. I think it's extremely bullish, and uh, yeah, it's not only uh, BSC that is in the works, or well, BSC has been integrated now, but there's other uh, blockchains like Solana, uh, AVAX, and and more that that are in the works. They just don't have a deadline yet. And I think this this umbrella network, this cross chain integration, is extremely bullish for the crypto space. Not only in October, not only in quarter four, but just in general. What yeah. do you think about it? I think I think it's great, right? Because what I think both of us want to see is like a more interoperable you know landscape in blockchain you know we want to see something that's very much like our current internet which is very free and like it's not owned and centralized into one by one project or entity so like if we look at these blockchain networks like ethereum solana and ada as you know effectively their own ecosystems and their own internets effectively you know i think it's only positive that they they would be able to you know connect with each other you know, because mm-hmm. that that makes a more that makes a bigger internet overall, right? And I think it just allows for more people to do more things, more projects, you know, more more opportunities and yeah. stuff. And this is yeah, this is a project that's helping you know get us closer to that type of future, you know. 
Layer yeah. 2 solutions also probably be involved in this cross-chain bridging. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I think it's I think it's super. Yeah, like you said, pretty bullish. But oh my days. Did you hear that alarm? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just wait it out. I can just cut that out, don't worry about it. Yeah, so uh anyways, indeed, uh what you're saying, this interoperability is very bullish for the crypto space. And I think what also is very bullish about this is that, um, well, basically, um, the umbrella protocol also gives uh, very fast and accurate price feeds. Mm -hmm. And this cross-chain oper operability also allows for higher accuracy, spot pricing and derivative pricing. Uh, and especially when it comes to, you know, this cr uh, cross-chain operability, it will also allow more accurate pricings to occur by taking data and data sets that are coming from decentralized exchanges that function on, for instance, like AVAX or BSC. Right. And th that's extremely bullish also for getting a more general insight, a less biased insight, and also maybe a more like, um, well, what do you call it? A, a less like biased insight towards, for instance, uh, any uh, decentralized exchange that just focuses on the Ethereum mainnet mm -hmm. or uh, any potentially influenced uh, exchange price, like, you know, like sometimes happens on like Binance or any centralized exchange that there's a minor price manipulation, etc. Because I think, uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty positive to see. Well, it's cool to see like the actual applications of Oracle solutions now. Because I think mm -hmm. in the crypto blockchain space, it's widely widely known that like you know Oracle solutions are necessary to you know really evolve the applications that we do have yeah. on chain. Because there is a necessity to bring you know to have that mixture of off chain on chain you know information and like you know that really brings a lot to you know these decentralized applications. So I think this is just like one example of you know how Oracles can be used and like. It's a pretty powerful example. True, true, definitely. And also with this development with Solana, mm -hmm. you were you were talking about that. Uh, yeah, so Solana also is, has is like a, there's now a bridge between Solana and the Ethereum uh, blockchain to bridge NFTs over. So you know, not I mean, where whereas um whereas in on the Ethereum blockchain, I feel well, I don't, it's not that I feel this is just the case that. DeFi was mainly built upon the Ethereum blockchain first before NFTs yeah. were, um, were possible. So you needed that banking layer before you could even have the NFTs necessarily to, you know, then you needed the commerce to be possible yeah. before then you could have things to commerce with, you know, if you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And um, Solana's kind of gone the other way, or maybe they're doing it simultaneously. I'm not big on the DeFi and Solana, but I understand that like NFTs on Solana are increasingly becoming a thing, right? Different yeah. projects like Soul Punks or Solar Gorillas or Soul Apes or you know different types of NFT projects are happening on uh, on Solana. So, but that's so it's interesting to see now that you can actually bridge um, NFTs from Ethereum to Solana because that widens the use cases and utility for NFTs, which is which I think is a which is a good thing in general. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't think I could agree more. Yeah. So anyways, the, on top of that, and this is definitely in the spirit of uh, October, right? Yeah. The, the SEC has extended four Bitcoin ETF deadlines. 
by uh, by 45 days. Mm-hmm. Now, what does this mean? That means that all the when, whenever you list anything uh, in front of the SEC, you have to comply with a bunch of forms, right? And I think that w- one of the forms is like a 19B-4. That's, I believe, one of the most important ones for filing an ETF. And the fact that now extensions are being given for these ETFs, that, that's such a bullish development because it shows that these these kind of Bitcoin, or, or yeah, the exchanges at least, mm-hmm. are being allowed to, well, list them and they're getting a bit of leeway, which is very contrary to what we see in previous crypto regulation. You know, everyone has been very actively bashing on, on any uh, more secure or like um, securitized form of investment contract when it yeah. comes to Bitcoin. So it's really nice to see that that the, the deadline has been extended. Yeah. yeah. Also, because, I mean, the SEC has been on just a FUD rampage, mm-hmm. like in, ter- in, in their relation to in crypto. I mean, like even, I mean, Gary Gensler is just very much settled into this nanny, you know, nanny Gensler yeah. role of, you know, constantly talking about how needing to protect, you know, consumers and, Effective, I mean, in most of his statements, just using very simple words that, you know, creates a lot of FUD, you know, but Mm -hmm. for people who are actively in crypto and blockchain, these, you know, small statements that he makes, you know, Mm. don't necessarily like affect them as much because, you know, it's, but, you know, for those who are not ingratiated in crypto blockchain as or hardened to this type of FUD, like it does have a massive impact, but you see, so, but that's at least in some respects, you know, the SEC is giving some leeway. But yeah. I feel like I'm just curious, like how much leeway are they actually giving to, you know, in, but on the other hand, you know, they're also making it very hard for yeah. different different companies, projects and stuff to, to yeah. understand what the regulatory landscape is actually like for crypto blockchain. No, absolutely. And I, I think there was um, an analyst fl- from... Uh... Bloomberg, who mm-hmm. predicted that uh, an ETF would be approved by the end of October. Now, this kind of like white swan event kind of news, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's not a term, but like you have a black swan event, yeah, you have yeah. a white swan event, which is extremely bullish. Um, well, it's been discussed, like wh- what does a Bitcoin ETF actually mean, mm-hmm. right? Like what does it mean for the crypto space? Because an ETF isn't really listed on, on crypto exchanges. It's, it's listed on the NASDAQ or something like that. And a lot of, um, well, speculation around this as well, the more conservative investor will invest in an ETF and will feel more comfortable uh, putting money into an ETF instead of directly switching over to cryptocurrency and actively using it and being part of the ecospace. Mm-hmm. And also, there's a lot of regulation when it comes to things like, that. well, the real spenders, right? The, the real big institutions that have a lot of, well, uh, financial swing, yeah. like uh, public pension funds, uh, yeah, multi-market mutual funds, different funds, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, retirement plans. They, they all have like so much money, mm-hmm. but they are not allowed to invest in crypto because it's it's not an an asset class that they're allowed to invest in. They're only allowed to invest in fairly boring and stable kind of investment uh, vehicles. Mm-hmm. Now, what this can mean. If there, if a Bitcoin ETF becomes accessible, it, it means that these massive corporations with so much money, 
we'll be able to pump this into into our market you know yeah for once maybe via a bit of a loop via an etf but it's extremely bullish and not only for bitcoin but for the entire crypto space well, yeah it signal it signals that there are investors that want exposure to our industry yeah. but this is probably the way that they're going to want to be exposed to it which is yeah you do you you know yeah. but um yeah it's cool i think yeah i mean like people just i think the more ways people are able to interact with crypto and blockchain whichever way you know that is probably just bullish in the long term because you know that people are invested at least in some way in the future of this industry no absolutely and i think it's also like in in, in the words of uh henry ford right like mm -hmm. if i would ask my customers what they wanted they would have said a faster horse mm -hmm. so what, what you hear now is like all these people want to invest in bitcoin they want their funds their fund managers to invest in bitcoin yeah but they don't want to be exposed to the risk of the crypto space now at some point this like the crypto space will develop to such an extent that it will become a whole lot more stable and a whole lot less volatile and then this innovation will become more and more ubiquitous right it will become less of a uh yeah speculative discussion and more of an investing discussion yeah and at that point the faster horse will be replaced by a car you know the, the etf will be replaced by just directly buying bitcoin I think. yeah and I, I i would argue that you know we are quickly going in that that like every every day we're quickening our pace of which we're actually getting to that point you know, I mean, depending who you ask, you know, a lot of people believe in, you know, that the, the days of the four year, you know, cycles are gone. We're in mm -hmm. now we're now in a, you know, an age of super cycles in the crypto super cycles in the crypto market. And, you know, some would argue that, you know, investing in crypto now is no less volatile or, you know, speculative than the traditional stock market, which yeah. is in itself also a heavily manipulated market. Yeah. You know, so. To the average retail investor, it's all a bit of the same, quite frankly, you know, but it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's not just retail investors investing in these markets. It's also the institutional investors who, of which, you know, this ETF, these ETFs are probably going to be their main mode of, you know, getting exposure to the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this, this kind of looming news that we're hearing like, oh, Bitcoin ETF will be approved, might be approved. There's four applications going on mm -hmm. that have been extended. Well, I think that's something that's mainly driving like the price of Bitcoin up at the moment. And I think that's kind of driving the market right now. Mm -hmm. But you had another uh, idea. You said that it was NFTs. I think I think it's a personally, I, th I mean, I think it's a combination of love, including mm -hmm. like, you know, these ET this ETF um, news. But it's I think, you know, the hype around NFTs. I mean, but, you know, I also think like I might be like a bit, obviously a bit biased because I'm heavy in the NFT space. Mm -hmm. the, the hype I see from the NFT space with all the types of people who are getting into like a large amount of celebrities getting in, everyone's like, you know, it just seems like everyone and their mom also likes NFTs these days. And I, at least trying to understand NFTs or like, and when I look at how NF, like the different NFT projects that are, you know, like you know coming coming up like there's this nft project called so rare that's yeah. being funded by loads and loads of like ex football players or current football players but it's like a fantasy football you know um 
application or project that you know you own these nfts and but you can use them to play fantasy football which is yeah. like a huge thing i mean loads of people play fantasy sports right so yeah. it's like you know it's the utility of nfts is like expanding at an ex exponential rate right and that's like that's really bringing in a lot of people a lot of hype in nft space if you're just on nft twitter in itself it's like every day it's just a it's a constant hype train do you know yeah. what i mean and it's not just hype because it's just like there's a lot of utility being built around these projects mm -hmm. like you know board ape yacht club just put out their i mean not just but like weeks ago put out their roadmap 2.0 and board ape club is a huge project like they were just listed on sotheby's some of these apes these nfts yeah. you know for a couple hundred thousand each that's huge right but they're part of their roadmap is to have a huge nyc like festival essentially and there's like a yacht party and all these yeah. things right and you're only going to be able to access that if you have this nft which is like pretty massive especially when you start thinking about the people who are owning these nfts right now like shaq is also owns this nft like steph curry owns this yeah. nft you know all these people are part of this board ape yacht club community and it's like okay i mean it doesn't matter how much you care about celebrities or, you know, but it's like the community in itself was lit before yeah. the celebrities came in. So, you know, this kind of this is the type of stuff that's happening in the NFT community right now. And I think yeah. that hype is generally driving this bull market as well, because, you know, if people, you know, if you think of NFTs as the gateway, mm -hmm. right, that that just brings the loads of people. So you start learning about NFTs, you know, these NFTs are tokens, right? Then you start you know, if, if you didn't know about Bitcoin, Ethereum before that, like you're, you're definitely going to like after you get into NFTs, like, I mean, ETH yeah. and like whatever other like network tokens are very necessary for NFT to be in the NFT space. And as a result, like you'll probably find out about Bitcoin, the big daddy you yeah. know, of the space, you know. So I think, oh, you know, that any hype or any like, you know, positive motor, like momentum in the space is great. Yeah. And like, there's obviously so many drivers, but um, NFT seems to me like a huge, huge driver, like right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I, I, I agree with that sentiment. No, definitely. Yeah. So overall, October, it's, it's, it's starting off crazy. Yeah. It's people were saying wild. it's going to be crazy. Like people have been, you know, suggesting it's be, it'll, it'll be October is going to be hype, you know, for like, uh, yeah for like months now and now we're actually really seeing what's up you know yeah we're seeing like, insane price surges you know uh i think yeah. bitcoin was up like like 15 percent in no time yeah it surged above uh 47k and 270 million i think it was even like 200 295 million mm -hmm. uh whenever i uh checked my, my twitter whale alert bot was like exploding yeah. All the all the bears got liquidated and all the shorts, yeah, they were just liquidated and that's mm -hmm. so much money that, were, that was just <laughs> lost in yeah. negative perspective, you know. I know. I feel like a few few not even a few weeks, like a few days or something ago, people were like some people were going on about like yeah, so like not even like weeks ago, like not I mean like if just a few days ago, like people were um were really discussing, you know how there's this like tension between the bears and bulls like they're just fighting it out at this like mm -hmm. you know particular market price mark but i think right now that october is hit like i think i it's safe to say the bulls have uh won that battle yeah but yeah. you know it's it's a war <laughs> between it's, the two so we'll see how it goes 
No, absolutely. And I think with with all that said, that was uh, that was it, right, for this week's episode of the Block Exploring Podcast. It's been a very positive week, and we deserve it, I think, after a very bearish few weeks. So uh, with all that said, stay stay bullish for now, and uh, we will see you in the next episode of the Block Exploring Podcast. Peace. Take it easy.